So, welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode on the V-City Podcast. Uh, this is a tech episode where we talk about technology and we're going to be speaking with um, someone who has been in the industry for quite a long time. I'm going to hand it over to Carlson. So, Carlson, thank you for being here. Uh, I just want to ask a simple question. Who is Carlson? Carlson. Carlson Factory. I'm a, I'm a lot of different things, but I would say that I'm a, I'm a perpetual seeker of, of knowledge. I'm perpetually trying to learn. I'm perpetually trying to grow, but not just for my own sake, but to, to add value to the community, to help people. Like I like to learn so that I can use that knowledge and equip other people with it so that they can move forward in their goals and their passions. And so that's really, I'd say the premise of who I am. I'm a person who likes to grow to help other people. Okay, that's great. I love that because I feel like I'm, sim- I'm very similar to that. I like making sure I'm learning so that I can help others. But in terms from the from the perspective or from the lens of the industry of technology and computer science and just technology is such a broad topic right now. So I'm trying to make sure I'm not too vague. But in terms of technology, who is Carlson or where do you fit in this grand scheme of things? What have you been up to? Definitely. Yeah. So currently I am an IT manager too at the University of Arizona. I work for a financial services department. I, I manage a, a team. Basically it's a, it's a, a team of uh, IT architects and technicians and I just kind of lead them along the way. And in that mix, we have also students. So I manage, you know, full-timers, I manage students. And, you know, I've actually been in both of those paths myself. I started as a student um, and then I, you know, I made it to the full-time position. And now I'm actually having the opportunity to, to lead the way for some of these individuals who, you know, who are doing their technolo- technology work in their day-to-day. So in general, that's, that's kind of what I, what I do and that's what I what I see myself doing in the future as well. Awesome, thank you. You mentioned something about financial services. How does how is that different from other forms of IT? Yeah, each each department kind of has a different flavor of meat. You know, like financial. I've worked for many different departments. I you know I even had the opportunity to work for Microsoft, and so I've gotten to see a whole bunch of different flavors of IT. And the common thing is obviously like we have computer problems, we need somebody to fix our computer problems. That's, that's no matter where you go. Now, even within a department that changes, like obviously with COVID, um, the mod, the way that I've been navigating has had to completely be re-evolved for the new, you know, predicament that we're facing. So I feel like it's one of those things that it's hard to say, you know, it's different, but it's hard to say what's different because that's the nature of technology is it's always going to be different. It's always changing. So what financial services was even six months ago is different than what it is, but to compare it to other departments, it can be, it can be somewhat difficult, but I can say in specific to financial services right now, they, you know, we're trying to figure out how do we continue to serve our customers and our employees in a way that they can get their needs met while also helping meet the needs of the organization. And obviously technology is a big part of that. If people are going to be working from home or in the office, they can't do their jobs without the technology. So that's kind of what I'm the, I'm kind of the quarterback for making sure that that's happening. I'm making sure we're making the right calls. I'm making sure that I'm seeing the field and I'm, I'm seeing up and out, but down and in. And it's kind of like, I really, 
I really have to be an IT leader. Like I have to see more than just the, the zeros and the ones and the technology, but I also have to see the people who are using those things. People are using technology. So I have to look at how people are using that technology while also understanding that technology and amalgamating that together to make it useful, to make it value add for everybody involved. There's a lot of things there. And I feel like I just want to take three or four out of that to ask questions. But before we even dive a little deeper into leadership in IT, because that's a different thing from the technological part of things. Um, in the last episode I had with Sam, we talked more tech, we talked more really, you know, software development, engineering, programming, like the zeros and the ones, where you're talking more of looking at things from a 30,000 feet view. So before we even go, in that, go into that, my question for you is, what got you into IT in, in, in computers? What, how did this all start? Yeah, it was a few things. The, the opportunity was presented to me to get my dad. He, he, when I was younger, he had the opportunity to work at IBM. So, you know, I think there was an opportunity for him somehow to get a computer and it, and it got into my possession really early. So that was an opportunity. I think I was like 15, 14 around that age when I first got a computer and a lot of kids my age didn't have that. And so I was able to kind of just get in early compared to my peers. And I just, I was able to do all kinds of stuff. I was playing video games. I was playing with Photoshop. I was playing with, you know, LimeWire at the time. <laughs> like there was a whole bunch of different things that I was tinkering with. And so that really, that really got me in. And there was, I think at the time I was reading, I was kind of getting into reading and there was Carl Sagan, you know, one of my, one of my heroes, he, he, I was reading a book called The Demon Haunted World, the science, science as a candle in the dark. And he had a quote that kind of, you know, was talking about how we're building a civilization in which science, when, in which science and technology are, you know, the, the dependent pieces, the pieces that we're depending on. And, you know, I feel like that's something that I recognize is a lot of people have a fear of technology. A lot of people are scared to break something or they're scared to dive in or they don't understand it. So they avoid it. You know, they say we avoid what we don't understand. And so that kind of motivated me to be like, I don't know what people are so scared of. Like, I'm going to try to help, you know, un, un, I'm, I'm going to try to unmask this as not something that's scary, but as something that, that can be, you know, fun or something that can be, you know, useful. And so that's really what motivated me to get into technology is to help people. And I, I started wanting to go into the medical field and I had, a, I had an epiphany. I was like, Carl, do you really want to do this? What do you actually love? And technology was what I realized that I actually loved. So that's really what drew me into this field. And that epiphany happened in college. And so I switched from physiology into um, information science and technology. And that field was, that, that department really was useful because it kind of showed me that there was more to technology. There's so many paths. It's such a wide array. And I think a lot of people just think, oh, I'm just going to go into computer science. And, you know, there's so many different ways, there's so many different ways to interact with technology. And so, you know, that's how I got in. And that's kind of what, what led me to get to where I am today. I'm glad that you pointed out the information systems and technology because I finished with that program as, as well. And even though I had a, a broad view of technology, it also opened my eyes to how you can interact with technology. We have digital media, um, you have data scientists, and you have uh, people scientists, you have uh, 
IT leaders. They're just it's, it's so broad beyond the technical. And yeah, you're 100% correct. It's interesting how when I ask people questions like this, like what got you into this? And it's usually that same thing. Uh, somehow a phone fell in my hand as a kid, a computer, um, and, and I, you know, I, I had a passion for it from then on. You talked about going to college and you know, studying, and you mentioned reading. What have you done to move your career forward in, at different points in your life? Definitely. I've, to be honest, exposing myself to different, just different realities has been enormous for me. And like, just Obviously, I, 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 have a, I, I tend to talk a lot sometimes, but as I've gotten older, I've learned the value of listening. And so honestly, I know these things seem really simple, but these are ways that I've, I've, you know, I've increased my career trajectory. Like I started out as a game, as a game tester, quality assurance. I worked at Microsoft, like I said, and I, I tested Xbox games and I was, I tended to be, you know, not like anybody else. Like I was usually the younger one. I was usually different than the people that I was surrounded with as far as my race, as far as my age. And so I just realized, wow, there's a whole bunch of people that are, you know, they're different than me, but that's not a reason to shriek away. I sh they have something to add. They have something, they have something that they can, that they can provide. And I can take that and improve myself, therefore improving other people, hopefully helping to improve other people. So some of those things that like, it was listening, reading, and immersing myself, not being afraid to fail. So for instance, I'll give you an example. PowerShell is something that was, you know, I'm learning PowerShell right now. And I, I recognize I had, it's, it's a lot of that reflection. I, you, I, I feel like reflection is one of those things that does, that progresses me. And so I'll sit down and I'll reflect and be like, why are you afraid of this thing? And, and before you even get to why are you afraid of it, it's, I want to do this, but why am I not doing this? And so PowerShell, a scripting language, is something that I recognize can add value to what I'm doing. It can make, it can automate a lot of the tasks that I'm doing. Why aren't I just jumping in and doing it? And I recognize, oh, it's because I'm afraid to break something or I'm afraid. And once you realize that, be like, okay, Carl, it's okay. You're gonna, you may break something. That's cool. Like break it. Don't see it as you failed. See it as you learned something from that. And you know, sometimes that that's gonna, it is gonna cost you sometimes. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with, I broke it. Okay, what did I learn from that? All right. And so you're never starting, you're never starting new. You're always, when you start again, you're starting from a place of experience that you didn't have before. And to be honest, you asked me, how have I progressed? That is how. It's just diving in and being okay to, to be accountable and be take responsibility for my own growth, my own learning, and my own failures, my own lessons. You are listening to the V-City Podcast by Peter Ojun. Do you want to make an impact in life? Do you wish to use your time effectively? Do you believe in learning to grow in wisdom? If you answered yes to these questions, then you are in the right place. You'll be inspired to achieve more. I was expecting you to talk about maybe certs and, you know, certifications and your education and, you know, this school, that school, uh, one exam after the other. But you didn't even go in that direction. And instead, you talk more about yourself. When I mean yourself, I mean the self enlightenment, the self-education, uh, the self-improvement. 
and I'm, that's very good. Uh, that's something that might be that might go on um, unseen or go or it might be ignored. You you might hear. Yesterday, I was speaking with an IT director of, of uh, one of the. Um, Anyway, a IT director for one of the big companies here, and he was letting me know that, you know, talking about certifications and the things he's done and the things the people in this company have done. But maybe he, one thing he didn't, we didn't talk about was the fact that he went ahead and did those things was because he was not afraid to break things. He was not afraid to. So you're going to the root of the issue. That's why you're a philosopher, man. That's why <laughs> you're you're bringing the the the. The, the deep thinking to, to technology, and that's actually very important in, in tech. Um, another thing that you talked about was um, looking at things from not, not wanting to break things regarding like PowerShell. So I do teach PowerShell every now and then um, when I'm, where I'm working, and it's amazing to see how, like when I start the lesson and you know they're getting ready to, to do their job and I'm explaining to them, first of all, they just think PowerShell is just, this beast that cannot be defeated. And one thing, I, like, like you mentioned, I try to mitigate that fear because once that fear is gone, now it's just a little puppy that they can pet and learn more about. And that has just been, just seeing that sparkle in the eyes uh, is amazing. And for those of you listening, if you want to learn about PowerShell, there's so many resources on there. There's Microsoft Learn. You can follow the Microsoft Reactor on Twitter and on YouTube. Uh, Microsoft Learn gives you a pathway to learn more about PowerShell and scripting and a bunch of other things. Um, and there's a lot more resources, but if you need something like that, reach out to me or Carlson. You know, just reach out to anyone who you know has um, experience in that field, and they'll be able to help you. Don't think that you have to do it all by yourself. If I were 12, year, 12 years old and you wanted to tell me what you do, you want to tell me who you are in the tech world and, and what it's all about, how would you break it down into you know, a few sentences so that I can understand and maybe inspire me to be able to go pursue that direction. So just breaking down what you do in tech, something like you're a day in the life of Carlson. Yeah, a lot of what I do is I, first, I have to, the, the first step is under, me understanding what I'm doing. So for instance, say I'm working with SharePoint or I'm working with Outlook. If I'm going to, I'm, I'm an IT leader. So if I'm going to lead in anything, you have to understand what it is that you're lead, leading. So I do my homework. So what do I do? I if I'm if I know that we're using something within our environment or within any technical thing, if I'm doing anything, whether it's on my personal or at work, I'm always dig, like doing the homework, reading, trying things, poking around. So that's the first step is is getting a playbook so that I understand what it is that I'm doing. Second is for me is you know, this is, is actually when problems come my way, that's what, that's what IT really is in, in industry is you're, you're a problem solver. So you're solving technical problems and there's a myriad of those. Those come in many different shapes and forms. And so it's figuring out what are we going to do about this? How are we going to handle this? Who's the best person to do this? It, do, does my team know what to do? Are they trained on this? Do we need to make documentation on this? Um, wow, this is a new problem. We've never seen this before. How do I begin to try to really look at what this problem is at the different angles so that I can understand what's the most effective way of handling it? Sometimes that's easy. Sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes problems can be solved in a minute. Sometimes it takes months. 
And so really for me as an IT manager, it's figuring out how I'm gonna interact with the problem and how we're gonna remediate the issue. For instance, then you know, if if somebody was, I'm gonna give an example, if somebody had gotten a you know ransomware or somebody, you know, they got they were they had a fish attack, I have to figure out, oh, without while keeping my calm, while 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 keeping my calm, um, figuring out, okay, what are we gonna do about this? How far has this impacted us? Is this email being sent to everybody? Was it just sent to that person? How are we going to remediate this? And then there's layers to it. You know, I work in in my department. We are a department that works for the campus, but we're not central IT. So sometimes I have to, um, I have to triage my tickets to IT because maybe I don't have control of the resources in which that problem can be resolved. So. It's really just, it's a lot of brain work. Like, I feel like once I've gotten to the stage, I love personally getting my hands dirty and I love being, being you know, in the trenches with my team and because that's where I'm learning too. And I'm seeing what's going on and I'm, I'm also showing my team, hey, you know, I'm here with you guys. But then also when I'm working with customers, I actually know I'm not just sitting in a room saying barking orders and saying, hey, do this, do this, not knowing what I'm talking about. I'm actually involving myself. And, and the customers, I think, can, can feel that. They can feel that I'm somebody that I, I, I don't, I will treat them, I will treat them in, out of, like, like sometimes maybe like they are 12 or like they're, they're not 12. And I, I have to, I have to gauge, I have to gauge where is this person? And to be honest, I know it's funny because the technology part is actually the easiest part. The hardest part is dealing with the individual and where they're at. And that is a variation of different things. You know, there's times where you will deal with a person and they are very freaked out and you have to, you have to like, Keep calm while also letting them know that they can trust that you're going that you are really trying your best to alleviate the situation for them so that they can do the thing that they need to do. Thank you. I'm saying thank you because the goal was for you to explain your day to day and break it to explain like in five. And now I know what your day to day is like. Like I, I feel like I can know I know what Carlson does. Um, and it makes a lot more sense to me and hopefully to the audience listening. You talked about a couple of things that I, I wanted to just um, touch upon. In, in IT, a lot of it is scoping. First of all, of course, you want to introduce yourself if you're working with a customer or, or even with your internal team. But you want to scope. You talked about it. Um, you're talking about your five W's and knowing where in the, in the, in the spectrum of things um, things went wrong. So you're talking, is it the content that's causing the issue? Is it the user's issue? Maybe the user error, or maybe it's a, a service issue, something that we, is a little out of our control, or perhaps it's even the um, um, the environment. Maybe it's their, their Wi-Fi or it's the, the network. Um, and then once you're done with that, then you talked about going into the trenches with your with your with your people. And that's that's the troubleshooting area. That's where we're it's a loop. You know, we try this, we try that. And sometimes we have to triage to, you know, escalate that situation to a team that has more ownership of the resources to solve the issue, all while keeping the trust and rapport with the customer, whether it's internal or external, you have to keep that um, support. So it's a lot of balancing and learning, uh, learning on the go and relaying that information as well. So 
that is true. And now I have a better understanding. And yeah, scoping, knowing what the issue is, is so important because if you, if you, <laughs> maybe I'm sure you've experienced this before, if you scope out and, 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 and come up, come back out with the wrong information, now you're troubleshooting the wrong thing. And then, you know, that's a delayed resolution because eventually you'll realize that's not what the person wanted fixed and you have to go back and start again. Um, so yeah. thanks. <laughs> is there something you wanted to say? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100%. And, and the, the, the beauty of all of it, no matter where you are in IT, like we talked about how there's so many different arenas in IT, there's so many different places. And obviously this field is continuing to expand and we're becoming more and more dependent on it. And so but the thing though, that is as you're doing this stuff, as you're working on problems, the beauty of it is that you continue to compound your knowledge. It just stacks and stacks. And so every problem that I deal with, it goes into my bank of tool. It's like a toolkit and it's going into my bank and it's exciting to, you know, it's, it's, it's fun when you get new problems, but there's going to be a lot of problems that you're going to see over and over again. And when you have that, that wisdom, I should say, that knowledge that evolves into a wisdom, it makes, it makes IT more fun. I have a OneNote. I don't know if you do this, but when I learn something new, I add it to my OneNote. I'm creating this huge, right now it's like a dictionary. It's massive. And I'm just adding more. And once I learn something new and the links that I found, the steps that I took, I just document it like a little diary because you will likely face that issue again at some mm -hmm. point. Um, so yes, thank you very much. Speaking of hurdles, what are some of the issues of obstacles that you run into in your career growing as a as an IT person all the way to where you are today? Oh, most definitely. I've I've always been a very idea driven person, like a let's let's try it or like let's I've kind of always been an, an outlier. I've always been different than than a lot of the people that I've been around and whether that be from the classroom to the work environment. And so I think one, I've always kind of had like a, a leadership like soul or spirit within me because I'm always trying to do new things and then like lead the way for that new thing. And so that's how I've made it to management so quickly in my career is because I want to try things or I question things. I say, well, why are we doing it like this when I know another way that we can do it that's more efficient? And that actually becomes a struggle sometimes because you know, he, we have, we, a lot of us have, all of us have an ego. And so, including myself. And so sometimes, you know, you're, I'm a young black man and, and, you know, I find that, that sometimes I'm in, in a boardroom or something and I have an idea. And sometimes that stroke people the wrong way. Sometimes even, maybe it's just because of my age, or maybe it's because of my race. I can't really always know that, which is, that makes it a challenge. You don't know why somebody's shooting your idea down maybe it's just a bad idea but sometimes it is because it's like they don't see they don't take you seriously for whatever reason that is and so sometimes i i i do accept that but there's times where i i have to i'm really sure for instance with covid before covid came i told somebody in one of my departments I was basically saying, this is something that we need to, to look out for. Like, this is something that we need to be aware of because I had family in Seattle and that's kind of where it first struck. And I saw what was happening to my friends in IT there. And I was like, oh, they're all going to work from home. And IT is having to deal with that. And so I threw this out like, 
January. This was early. This was like really early. And I threw it out and people were just like, didn't just, they were like, what are you talking about? No, like that, you know? And so it's like, and then it happened. And then I have to still deal with it. So in a way you almost like, what I was asking for was to spend funds on things. Like I was like, I think we don't have the hardware necessary for this. We need to go buy more monitors and things before people are rushing the stores to do that. So it's, you know, some of the challenges are at times not being taken seriously or, you know, being looked at as you don't know what you're talking about or, you know, um, or the opposite. I've seen the complete other side of it where people think you know more than you know. So because you're the IT guy, you should know everything or because, you know, so I've seen both sides and those tend to be the challenges where like somebody will come to me and be like, oh, I need you to set up the sound system for this or something like that. Or they'll come to you with personal stuff at work and say, um, my husband needs a new printer. I need you to, to whatever. Or people will say, I want you to come home and fix my internet. And you have to, you know, those are challenges that you have to, while being respectful and being who you are and being yourself, let them know that's not what I do. You are listening to the V-City Podcast by Peter Ojun. My mission here is to help you achieve more by broadening your perspective while helping you stay inspired. Consider joining me on YouTube and Instagram as we explore a broad range of topics from business to technology and relationships. Now back to the show. So you just talked a lot about navigating the industry as a young person, uh, being black, being a leader, having that foresight into things. Those are things that could get you either in trouble or get some people, rob some people of the wrong way because, like you said, they may feel like you're, you know, pushing your boundaries. Meanwhile, you were right all along, etc. I think, you know, yesterday, I, I think you're right because yesterday I was speaking with someone who's in Toronto and he might actually be on the next episode. He was saying, he was telling me that, do I know that in IT, there's about maybe 4% black people? And I was just like, what? Even if he's wrong by a margin of, you know, three, four percent, that's still very little, you know, but he's like, OK, now let's compare that to, to sports or to uh, to art. And that just well, I was like, OK, interesting. You know, I, I've known that, but this is a different take because they expect you to be a lot of people expect you to be great at something that maybe you're not uh, like you like you just explained. Maybe they think. You'd be great at basketball or great at soccer or something else, something more athletic, but and f- expect you to be average in in technological things. Uh, and all of a sudden, you're super creative and excellent when it comes to science, and maybe you don't even play soccer at all. And it just it might be jarring for some people because they don't expect that, which is one of the great things about what we're doing because. Um, Five-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, and people in college get to see that, wait, there are a lot of people in IT, and maybe that's something I could do, um, and maybe inspire them to go in that direction as well, instead of doing exactly what people expect them to do. So you're right. There are those challenges. I have personally, I feel like I've experienced a little bit of it as well, not too much. Um, But one thing I've learned or I've heard from other people is when you are like Carlson, and you're, you're good at school, you're succeeding quickly, you're growing fast. 
there tends to be some pushback because you're growing so fast and you're so young. And sometimes aged to a lot of people sounds like experience, but it's not always the case. Um, age is not always equal experience, or even if it does, age is not equal expertise. You can be young and still really good at something, maybe even better than someone who has been in the field for a long time. Even more so, technology is a revolving door. So in a way, someone who's younger might know far more of what's current than someone who's been in the industry for a long time. Uh, so that is something to keep in mind, regardless of the industry, because of the way technology is rolling around all the time. So thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that. Um, what have you done to, to overcome that? Honestly, it, it's going to sound kind of glib, but I've just stayed true to myself. I say, whether people are listening or not, you know, it's true for you. So, you know, if somebody doesn't believe me, I know that I've done my due diligence by presenting it. I've done my job by saying, hey, my job is to look up and out. I'm a leader. So that means whether you agree with it or not, I'm doing my part by giving you the information. So sometimes those things stick and sometimes those things don't. But in every case, I'm, I feel like I'm navigating it by just doing me, by doing me and moving forward and not letting, not letting the industry define what I am and what I am not. For instance, you mentioned philosophy. I'm, I still, while being a tech person, am, am able to use my other interests to self-actualize who I am in my field. So I love IT. I love technology. I love philosophy. I love psychology. I love reading. I love, I love a whole bunch of different things. And the passion for these things have built who I am today and have actually helped me you know, continue to move forward and realizing like, you know, no means next, you know, I may, this may not work here, but even, even also realizing that like, you don't know who you're going to be in five years. So, you know, some people would let those, those, those um, blocks stop them or discourage them. And I don't ever let anything discourage me from what I want to do. So, even when things don't go my way, I don't take it personally. I don't let it bother me. I just, I keep moving forward. You know, I keep moving forward and I keep learning and I keep growing and I keep trying to help people and keep trying to add value to people's lives. And that is why, and technology is really just, it's just the thing I'm writing to do that. You know, people need help in technology. I like technology. So there, you know, there's a whole bunch of things to navigate within that. But to be honest, yeah, I never really see it as a block. I just see it as it didn't work out this time. Let's go on to the next thing. Great. Um, yeah. Sometimes just holding your head up high. I've had a few of those where it's just like, uh, you know, feel really discouraged, but you're right. No means next. I haven't actually heard that before. So I might seal it if that's okay. <laughs> uh, I do have something for you here that I just I kind of brought up. I, I just thought up right now. You have interest in philosophy, and I've known that. And you have interest in psychology, history. Uh, we've talked about things like that before. Is there an intersection somewhere? Uh, for me, I'll give you an example. I believe I'm, I'm a huge fan of. I love creative storytelling and you know about that film and, and art, digital arts. And I believe there's, there's a place where they meet, they marry and they have beautiful babies. And without those babies, technology on its own, without the story and the humanity, 
can go on to be something that can be more destructive than constructive. So from your perspective as a philosopher, as someone who's studied all these things and read all so many books, is there an intersection with philosophy and technology? In my case, yes. Um, for and to be honest, I mean, let me let's let's just be real. Like logic is an example. Like you know, logic has it has a lot to do with computer science. I think like there's an entire field in it. I think there's a lot of intersection, fundamental intersection, and just general intersection. But I think what it is is that's what makes your career. That's what makes your career interesting is combining your combining it and making that intersection. I don't think it's a bad or a good thing. I think it's just like I'm into philosophy and I don't even actually try. I'm not like attempting to to merge philosophy and technology, but my interests are merging. And that's why I'm 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 in a way I'm still I'm doing technology, I'm doing philosophy, but I'm actually doing what I'm interested in. That's the important piece. And so do they intersect? I do think that. I think anything can intersect. Just like your personality intersects with your work. You know, who you are in some form or fashion will intersect with your work. The things that I learn become a part of who I am. And so I think philosophy in general, what philosophies help me do in technology is to be honest, is to navigate people. It's like a cool combination of this. It's what is philosophy? Philosophy is humanities. But then there's the technology. And I think you can't have technology, at least yet, without the humanities. You, you're, you're working with people that are using this, as I said before. So for me, philosophies help me understand people better and understand myself better. And who's actually, you know, maybe it's, it's made me more empathetic, for instance. So when I'm helping people, I have to understand their they're going through something that that is impacting them and how is that impacting them and being able to engage with them and saying you know like listening and actually listening actually hearing how that's impacting them and then actually using my technological skills and abilities to help them with that while also keeping them as the human in the forefront so that's how technology that's an example of how technology and philosophy works for me is it gives me that that de- that depth it's almost like an augment. It's like I started with the te- with the technology degree, and then I augmented that with getting a philosophy degree down the line. And all it's doing is it's adding tools to my toolkit to be able to navigate. And there's something interesting I wanted to say. Um, I was reading a book, and they were actually talking about this is the kind of thing that actually moves problems forward. They say that being a specialist sometimes can actually hinder. And how is that? They were saying in the book, and I'm trying to remember the book. I'm trying to remember it. I think it's had something that was like called the generalist or something like that. And they were talking about how there were, for instance, chemistry problems that would come up. And everybody there were chemists. Everybody there was a chemist. And they couldn't think outside of that realm. They couldn't think outside. They were all thinking like a chemist. And the people that tended to solve the problems were somebody that actually came from outside of the field. So it was the person that happened to be doing chemistry that also studied heavily in physics, that actually was the one that maybe helped them find a clue into answering a problem that they couldn't figure out themselves thinking as chemists. And I find that in the technology realm. I think that I approach problems a little bit differently because I'm not just thinking in, in like in the shape of a, of a 
technologist. I'm not just thinking like the same. And that's why I said I've always tended to fit out because I think about things, try to think about things from outside of the box when it comes to technology, because I find that some technological solutions can be solved from, you know, untechnological perspectives and thoughts. And then it helps me come to a conclusion in the technology problem. Yes, thank you. The, the first thing you meant, when you said logic, I was like, oh man, he's, he's going to kill this question. He knows exactly what he's talking about. Um, yeah, fundamentally and generally, they do intersect. So thank you for, for enlightening us there as well. I really appreciate that. Um, and you said also, you intersect with your work, your, your, your personality. The way you handle your position is a, will be different from the way another person will handle, handle that position because of what they've learned. Um, so, um, coming to a conclusion here, some, what would you say that people should do to be successful in, in your field? Well, no, when I say field, that's a large field. No. What would people do to be successful as an IT manager or what can someone do to get to the position? Actually, let's use, and let's use logic here. Um, what, (laughs) what can I do to become a successful IT manager and what can I do to become a to grow into that position at some point. So I'd say to be a successful manager is show is showing your leadership capacity. And what do I mean by that? I mean that showing that you are not afraid to take accountability, meaning when things go wrong, you are okay with that and attaching yourself to what you're doing, meaning my name is on that. I have a certain quality or standard by which I want things to be and showing that and continuing to do that. And to be honest, it's leading sometimes from below. Maybe you're not, you don't have that title, but you are a leader. And so I think that's, that's kind of the first step is being, being willing to, to throw your ideas out there and have people poke and prod at them and that be okay with you and taking lead. Like that's what it is. And then The second piece is once you get there to grow is not to expect anybody to save you, not to expect anybody to give you all the answers, not to expect. That's something that I feel like was harmful to me in my career is like I would go in thinking that, well, this is my this is the director and he should be giving me all the answers and spoon feeding me everything or like, why don't I know this and why don't I know that there's some things you're just not going to know and that's okay. And I realized like, no, like you just take it slow, like go, you know, go as fast, go your pace, go your pace and find what that pace is and being opening to learning and being opening to failing and all the other things we've already talked about, but not expecting to know all of the answers right now, not expecting yourself to be something that you're not. You know, I feel like a lot of leaders that I've talked to in IT, a lot of them feel like they have this imposter syndrome or something like that. And it's because they they believe they should be something. And it's like, no, you are it. You're in it right now. You may not be the version of it that you envision. You may not be the person that you think you should be. Or you may not be that person over there, but you're there right now. So do you're doing it. Keep doing it. Just keep doing it day in and day out. And recognizing, is this something that I want to be doing? Some people end up in leadership positions and they don't want to be leaders. Ask yourself, is this what I want to be doing? And if it is, just do it. 
You ended with the Nike slogan over there. Um, it is. I mean, you're right. Just do it. I, I, I have felt that imposter syndrome. But just to point out a few things you mentioned is not being afraid to try something, own it, and allow people to poke and prod at it and be okay with that. Because that's eventually what people will do once you start taking up that leadership mantle, whether or not you're in that position at that point in time. Is there anything else you want to put in there? Because I, I those are all the questions I have. Honestly, it's been a big pleasure speaking with you. I know I, I know you and I can talk for, for hours on end. And if it, for, we started from technology, we'll end up in, in history by the end of the session. You had, you had mentioned how, how people, you know, you said something about how they look at people like us and they, you know, they, they look, you know, he's not an athlete or he's not a this. That's another thing that's important is I feel like though there's only, as your friend mentioned, 4%, I think that that number is starting to grow, but I think that exposing yourself and things that you like, this is great that you're doing this because this is, this is providing that level of exposure. Like, I think that some of the things that, you know, a lot, why, why is it that people want to be, you know, a rapper or an athlete It's because that's what for, at least for black people, that's what we see. That's what we're, that is what's heavily put in our faces. So we think that that's the route. And for me, I saw that and I did play sports, but I also love technology. And so what I say is, you know, as a person who's looking to get into technology, it doesn't really even matter what race you are. Look for other people that are doing it and see what they're doing. Just, and don't be afraid sometimes to reach out and just ask those questions and ask like, you know, how, like what's your, the questions you're asking me, how did you get into this? Why are you doing this? And you're going to find that there's a whole bunch of people that look like you and that don't look like you that are your age then or not your age that are doing what you're doing, but having that exposure is going to make you feel a little bit more comfortable with kind of finding your way, finding your path. And that's really what's important is finding your path on this journey. And technology is a great fruitful path. And so I encourage anybody who wants to get into technology to just take the deep dive. And I, I found it to be very rewarding. And I'm sure as you have too, Peter. So I really thank you for the opportunity to be on here and just sharing my experience and you know, you, you, you're doing great things, Peter, and I, I really appreciate, you know, the value you're adding to, to all communities. Thank you, Carlson. I also appreciate that. Thank you for your time. Um, time is very valuable. So thank you for taking that time to talk with people who may never meet you face to face or may never get the opportunity to, to say hello, but you've been able to pour out some wisdom into them as well. So I appreciate that. And perhaps in the future, we'll have this again. And, um, and I've, 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 I've thought of maybe even having some kind of a round table at some point down the road. I don't know when yet um, with other professionals. And like you said, people who are not just focused on one thing and they're not thinking like a chemist, so to speak, from your example, that way we can think outside the box and who knows what we can accomplish from that. So once again, thank you. And for all of you listening, I hope that this has been useful, that you have learned something new, how to be an IT manager and what you can do to get there and what you can do to advance your career in IT and, and, and in general, just getting insight into what it's like to be in the technology field. So thank you for listening. Don't forget to share this with someone else who you believe may need to hear this. Maybe they need to be inspired a little bit and uh, reach out. You can follow or comment or subscribe, whatever is comfortable for you. And uh, we will see you on the very next episode. So thank you and have yourself a great day. Bye.